I've been to over 400, not 400 different schools. Um, I repeat, I went back some years to the same schools, but I have 400 reports of different visits to schools every week. I'd go to a different school. I'm absolutely <laughs> flabbergasted. Fabulous to meet you. Do, 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 do. Zoe Fuller, hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It's absolutely fabulous to meet you. I understand that you were brought up in the circus, and I'm oh, so yes. intrigued to know more about that. <laughs> I was born in Eastbourne, but didn't hang around there for very long at all. Um, within, I think, a day, I was back on the travelling circus. So just born there, just for the hospital. Um, and I went straight back onto the travelling circus. So born and raised up until the age of 12. Um, and my mum and dad actually met separately. They both ran away to the circus of their own accord for different reasons. One came up from um, a middle class sort of, you know, suburban lifestyle. And, and one came from um, quite hardship, actually, um, and council state. And they both ran away for different reasons to probably escape kind of the constructs of their own lives and met and, and had me and, and continued to travel up until 12 years old. So they met in the circus. That's right. Your mum did what and what did your dad do? Um, well, in the circus you end up doing everything, anything and everything. But my mum um, did a horse act. She was, um, did the cordelis, which is like a tra trapeze act. Um, she did fire eating. She stood at the knife board. She had a dog act. No big wild animals. Um, and yeah, she did many, many different things. And my dad um, was famous for his trampolining act. He also did something called the Wheel of Death, which is when two people go round in a massive, massive metal structure and do death-defying feats. Um, and he was a clown, um, a bit of everything. It's absolutely. <laughs> it's fascinating to me. So um, are you an only child or were there other siblings? I am an only child, but not anymore. I was an only child. I have a, a half sister and a stepbrother who are also circus trained and, and still within the circus family. You you were conceived in the circus. You, you had a couple of days out to be born in a hospital, went back into the circus. How did your mum cope? How do, how do women circus travellers cope with babies? How does that all work? And were well, there more of you? This is the thing. It's it's a traveling community, so um, it's actually probably the easiest lifestyle when it comes to children because there's many children to, to play with. There's many mothers to watch your child while you work. So, you know, of course there was somebody to take care of me when she did her five-minute, ten-minute act. You know, her, her working day was less work, but, again, the lifestyle was hard work. Does that make sense? So her actual working hours were very low because come on, do the act, come off. But it's the lifestyle that takes a lot of work, getting the caravan ready, moving, putting the tent up, taking the tent down, selling the tickets, all of those things. But again, a big, big traveling community that were, would help each other out when they needed it. So it's basically a one big, happy, extended family. Yeah. And presumably it's not always happy. I mean, how does how does politics work in a in a circus? There must be fallouts and Oh, there's always, yeah, there's always drama and fallouts, but on the whole, it is um a tight community that, you know, 
you laugh with, you cry with, you fight with, but it's it's a family. Usually it's a family. So um it's a beautiful way, it's a beautiful way to live. So you were there for your first nine years in the in the circuit? Twelve years. Twelve years. And how does schooling work? Presumably you're all homeschooled. No, no, we I've been to over four hundred not four hundred different schools. Um I repeat, I went back some years to the same schools, but I have 400 reports of different visits to schools every week. I'd go to a different school. I'm absolutely (laughs) flabbergasted. I had no idea. Did all the children work like that? Um, The children I knew went to different schools. Of course, some circus kids were homeschooled um, and I just didn't know of them. I I knew the kids that I went to school with and and we'd just get placed in a school and we'd call ahead to go to the next ground and find out what school could take us. And how long long were you at each school generally? Around a week, a week or two weeks. (laughs) How did you get an education? I mean... Oh, it's questionable. (laughs) I mean, it looks like you turned out all right and you're very successful now. Yeah, so that's okay. I think this is, you know, part of my kind of ethos and um, view of life is that actually I think people's skills always outweigh the, um, what am I looking for? <laughs> I'm looking for that I didn't learn at school. <laughs> um, the educational, the you know, the academic side of it. Um I went on to go to secondary school, I, you know, that didn't do much help for me either, but um, I went to college after that. So I did have an established education. Um, and I think, I truly really think from that age, you know, up, yes, it gives you some foundation of friendship and routine, but I can't really remember anything that I learned in, in, in primary school. And I don't, I don't think, I've asked many people, they don't really remember much from primary school either. So it's not just the lifestyle, it's kind of, you know, I think I got a lot of people skills from meeting and greeting people every week um, and meeting lots and lots of different types of characters. That's an incredible skill. And um, did you find that tough while you were going through it? No. It was just normal for you? Just, yeah, just what I knew. And and you must have been some sort of um, symbol of fascination to the children at the schools that you went to coming from the circus and that sort of thing or not really yes exactly it was either one way or the other um varying on who I was talking to so I had the polar opposite I was either bullied but I had a very thick skin because I was bored of you know the same old thing um or I was you know fascinating and children wanted to know what it was like so it was you know sometimes I did feel tired of saying the same old thing I'll get over it from the circus <laughs> um but also uh, on the the other side I did have the bullying you know calling me a traveler or whatever um and I'd just say well you're not coming to the circus then <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate put down you can't come yeah, to the circus you won't be allowed in at the door of course I had no way of no. doing that but I made out <laughs> that I did <laughs> wow that's incredible. And um, and so your parents, what happened to them? When did they eventually, re- did they retire? Did they leave? No, they How did never that retired. Work? Unfortunately, I lost my father. Um, it wasn't a death-defying act. Um, but I did lose my father 
eight years ago. Um, but my mum actually wanted me to have an established life right. um, and leave the show and and not grow up completely in the industry, you know, to grow up and be. And I often did think, you know, would I have ended up a complete weirdo just because I'd never <laughs> stopped travelling and I'd never be able to integrate into normal life. Again, questionable now <laughs> of integrating, but... But yeah, she wanted me to settle down and and to experience some long friendships and and etc. I didn't want that at the time, and I did find it very hard to integrate. And I was the weirdo for a long time <laughs> at school, <laughs> um, the overly confident, wacky girl that just said whatever. Um, but yeah, my mum, my mum actually went on to live her second dream life and, and, and get her horse and return to her animal roots. And she'd had her, her days in the sequins, as she says. Um, and my dad went on to marry into a, a very famous circus family and, and gave me my half sister and my stepbrother. So but he yeah. carried on in the circus for the longest time. He carried on. Yeah, he carried on. And, and they actually have a circus school and, and have, sometimes have the circus go out still wow do you miss that life um I mean I do pine over it I do pine over it but I still perform to this day so I still get my sequin moments to the day so yeah I don't miss go ahead yeah I don't miss the um constant traveling do like to travel still still can't stay in one place but yeah, I don't think I, I miss the actual lifestyle of traveling from place to place every single week. I think I'm, I'm too old for that now. But um, but I definitely miss the performing whenever I'm not performing. Right. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's definitely in your in your blood. Mm. And just a crazy question, but how old would the oldest kind of person be in a circus? Is there a... Oh, there's really no limit, really. You know, you, you see some amazing artists that stay fit for so 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 long and you're just like <clears throat> flabbergasted at their age really because their body stays so fit and you know they just don't look it and there really is no age at all there's no age limit and so they literally from daily practice they they stay young and supple and, and flexible yeah, well, depending and... on what act you're doing but yeah I've seen it um and it's it's wonderful to see and even when I was younger I I knew that I was looking at somebody that was older. I, I couldn't believe her age. Um, this beautiful mother of one of my friends, Irina, and she used to do hair hanging um, as Batwoman. <laughs> hair hanging as Batwoman. Now that's yeah. a career, hey? <laughs> that's a career choice, isn't it? She, that was on one specific show, but um, I knew how old she was. Even at my age, I had this this realization like wow she looks so young and she's older and yeah it really does keep you fit if you're doing two shows a day every day your whole life do you um, have any time off when you're in the circus um well there's seasons and and depending on what country you're in it can be very very cold in the winter and, and no point going out because no one's going to leave their house to come and watch your show um or too windy to even put a tent up but, you know, some people go back to their country and, and do continue. Right. So depending on the person, people 
may not stop at all. They'll just keep keep going. So what do you do in the off season? Let's say in the winter or whatever, what what would people typically do if there was no performances? Well, we used to have um, an established place that we'd go for the winter quarters, they were called. Um, and that is where we'd get a little bit of normality. And I might go to one school for six, seven, eight weeks or whatever and see all my old friends there and and just run around and have a great life, really, just in this safe big farm, really, it was. So it felt very free. So you're all living in caravans still in tents and things, but it was all together on a farm just or something. Just in caravans, yeah. Just yeah. in caravans all waiting for the next season and maybe fixing lorries, painting, you know, things, freshening things up, ready for the next season, making costumes. Yeah. And how did that work financially? So presumably you need to earn as much as you can when you're performing and then that needs to see you through mm. the other times well, of the year? I, I always... Work? Yeah, depending, again, if you've got gigs in between or Christmas gigs or something. But I always remember, and I've spoken to my mum about it, she's saying it's actually a very simple and um, well-paying lifestyle because, you know, often your electric was paid for, your gas, um, you'd have to pay for your fuel. But really a very simple kind of lifestyle. I mean, today I think it's a bit different, but... Um, the winter quarters was paid for, so there's no rent there. So, yeah, um, I think what they got paid was actually went a lot further than, than if you than, yeah, a house living in, the in an established house. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then um, is it then possible that, you, like you hear in the stories in the movies, that people just go off to the circus? Is it, can anybody go or do you have to have some sort of routine can you learn something new? Is there always something for of you to course, learn? Of course, yeah. I mean, now it's so much more popular with all the different films that have come out. You know, people think, I want to do that as, as a career, whereas before it was just unthinkable to, yes. to do that. Um, how would you, you ever join the circus? Whereas yes. now, you know, you can do circus shows and performances for all sorts of wild and beautiful things, whether it's corporate events, birthdays, whatever, weddings, whereas before it was very much in the circus is where you saw circus. Um, so anyone can train in anything um, and audition and possibly get a job. Um, the doors are much more open than they used to be, definitely. And how would you apply? Let's say I wanted to join the circus tomorrow. <laughs> Well, just... you might get your foot in the door by becoming a ticket, like working in the ticket office right. or starting like that and then possibly wiggling your way in and learning something, right. possibly. A lot of people, like my dad actually got in like that as being a ring boy and helping with putting the props on and off the stage. Um, and But he had some skills that were in his back pocket, like, like mm. trampolining. Um, that he'd learned at school that he excelled at and he took a while to even be able to even be considered you know to be able to come in the circus at that time and so did you what what performances did you do what was your what was your gig well that that's led me on to one of my fabulous things so oh good I, idea I, nice segue <laughs> I um I did do it. Basically, we always come on for the finale every show. Right. So everyone in the circus, 
everyone, yeah, everyone, every child would come in, put their costume on, come on for for the finale. Um, but I did get given some opportunities before, and it's <laughs> a funny time. I once was um, a ghost in a box. So basically, you never saw me, but I was small enough to get into this tiny box and um, and move the things on top of it, like move the candle and bring right. out a puppet. And I must have been six, I think. So it was quite a lot of responsibility for a six-year-old. <laughs> and I then had to get, I had to then move my legs in the dark, turn it around and walk out to the back so that when the lights came back on, it, it disappeared. <laughs> but I remember when I got sacked from it because I looked at the wrong exit sign, which was the only light in the tent. And I walked towards the side of the ring instead of the back and I banged into the side of the ring. And when the lights came on, I was just over there. And I think I, it was just all too much for me. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I, I think I resigned myself from that. Because <laughs> I was too embarrassed that I'd done, done wrong. Um, but when I got a little bit older, I was always training as a contortionist and um, training to be super duper bendy. And that was kind of my forte. But... I then went on to the Circus of Horrors, which was, it's still going now. It's been going since 1998. Um, and I would then come on every night as a zombie vampire. From oh, <laughs> zombie <laughs> vampire. A zombie vampire with two of the other kids on the show, my, my friends. And um, we'd all hold hands, but we'd take great pride in scaring the living daylights out of the audience as we came through looking horrific as as children do when they're really you know scary and um yeah that must have been such fun it was yeah it was and I I went to South America and and did it um on tour there so I did yeah have a a weird weird upbringing Are, are there any special zombie skills that you need I mean you well, just... you've got to be dedicated to the role, haven't you? You've got to read. And I truly did want to scare the hell out of these oh, adults. I love that. <laughs> I wasn't giggling. I was, like, death staring. Because <laughs> I wanted to be just as cool as everybody else on the surface. I love that so much. It is, it is, it is fabulous to meet you. So, Zoe, let's go into your fabulous things. I'd love to hear. Very interested. Okay, so we've done number one, the zombie vampire, child zombie vampire. I don't think anyone else, no one else that I'm going to interview will have a zombie vampire as one of their favorite (laughs) things. (laughs) I love it. Right. Uh, The number two was the element of fire. Um, So, like, I didn't actually say what I did. So I am a fire dancer now. That is my main act that I do, hula hooping and fire. um, And... And you first heard about what I did with the Dragonfire Priestess, um, which is my confidence in life coaching um, ascension program, which I do online. Um, Fierce, confident soul. Um, And, you know, really the element of fire signifies so much to me. Signifies cleansing. It signifies confidence. It signifies just the raw elemental part of us. facing the fire facing the fear and and actually my relationship with the fire like my fabulous thing related to the fire is that my mum taught me how to fire it that's fabulous 
<laughs> that, that is fabulous. I can't say the same about my mum, but um, I think it's <laughs> amazing. How old were you? I was. I actually was performing fire, but I didn't know how to fire it. And um, this was probably when I was 27. Okay. So I had been fire dancing for a long time um, in the guise that I wasn't following in my mum's footsteps, although I was completely, but I thought that I was <laughs> all by random that I'd become a fire dancer. <laughs> And um and then I had this really big gig in Cyprus for the Cyprus Rocks Festival, and um, I managed to wangle her on the VIP and say that I needed an assistant. I didn't say it was my mum. I said that I needed a fire assistant, so I flew, got her to come over, and I said, "Mum, I need to make this bigger. I need to make this better. I need to fire eat and fire breathe." So. I think we spent most of the time getting the outfits ready <laughs> and I think we had about three hours to practice <laughs> the fire eating and the breathing and and yeah and, and she came and performed two nights in a row at this festival with me and we got treated like VIP and we got treated like rock stars so that was a real fabulous moment for me and my mum like such a great time um but yeah, the element of fire, like I've given that as a gift to so many people, whether it's through like confidence and the fire in your belly or actually passing on my fire dancing skills. Because when people learn that they can actually handle fire, something in them changes. They go from not being able to handle their own fire to then handling real fire. And then somehow it transmutes into they can handle anything. They can handle their own anger, their own fire. So, yeah. Oh. I love that so much, Zoe. That's such important work that you're doing for people. I mean, there are so many of us that really need that, um, don't we? That, that, that being able to express the fire in our belly, lighting the fire in our belly, just, mm. you know, I, I call it breaking the rules and being bolder and braver. And, oh. and we need that. We're always taught to calm everything down and be quiet and exactly. light Especially and ladylike. Exactly, especially for women, you know, um, you know, when you need to shout, you need to shout, you know, you might save someone's life by shouting or you might need to really get your point across um, when it's not being heard or whatever, you have something important to say. And, and if people are truly scared of raising their voice or being bolder, not even raising the volume, just being bolder and more um specific with what they're saying to meet their needs um then they will not see what they want show up in their life or they will not command what they truly need and want because they're too afraid of being judged for being unladylike too loud angry whatever it is you know so harnessing the fire is very very important i love that more <laughs> fabulous things please fabulous things okay so this is where i show you my unpainted nails but my my next fabulous thing was the moment actually that i bought this piece of jewelry so what this signified when i decided to spend 50 pounds which is not a lot for this but um was a lot for me at the time because that's a great luxury to spend that much money on something that I, I wouldn't spend that on. 
So for the benefit of the listeners, you can't see the video. Zoe is holding up a beautiful sort of brown and turquoise necklace, which is an enormous pendant uh, on sort of a beaded chain thing. And what, what is that turquoise? Is it a stone? Yes, a stone. It's a real turquoise stone. Um, and is it and bound in leather? It's bound in, um, what's it called, when they, when the beading, when they do that intricate beading, all these beads are being held. It would have taken over 100 hours to make. It's um, gorgeous. And it's, like I said, it's it's some kind of alien goddess jewellery or mermaid jewellery, and it's it's really out there and bold. Um, and not many people were picking it from this amazing design, and she was kind of losing faith. Now she's gone on to to sell her jewellery um, in big shops. But at the time, she was thinking, why isn't anybody buying it? And and in my mentality was, I do deserve to wear goddess jewellery. I'm good. I feel I, I should wear goddess jewellery. Why shouldn't I? And as soon as I, it was like a talisman, it wow. became my talisman. And I went on to wear it whenever I needed a real boost, like going for a job or starting something new or doing a, a lesson. I would wear that as a talisman. As soon as I put it on, I thought, yeah, I'm stepping into my power. I love that so much. And that's what I try to do with my clients as well, is to get them to understand that what you put on your body can really support who you want to be. It Mm -hmm. gives you so much power. And so few of us actually use the power of what we put in our bodies to support us in the world. And that's exactly what that piece of jewelry did for you. When when you wear a piece of bold goddess jewelry, you become a bold goddess. You cannot help but become that. That's right. Exactly. I love that. And then when you when you start to have that realization, you know, everything can become symbolic, you know, whether it's the the texture of of a floral thing or a bold jacket color like you're wearing, you know, everything becomes symbolic. Yeah. And the brain takes note of that and steps into that frequency on the scientific yeah. level. That's what it's doing. Um, just as, you know, police officers don't wear f- like flowery ground- gowns, <laughs> do they? You know, they want to be <laughs> intimidating. They want to step into that uniform. Yeah. Um, so it was, a, it was a realization that you can step into this different frequency and you are actually allowed Yes. To feel like a goddess. So important, the permission that we give ourselves. We're allowed to feel amazing. We're allowed to feel fabulous. We're allowed to look fabulous. Exactly. We're allowed to do fabulous. We're allowed to break the rules and be amazing. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, I don't feel like I could carry it off. And that is just not the reason why you should be wearing it. You should be wearing it because you don't feel like you should, you can carry it off because it's going to give you some pleasure in wearing it. Not because you fit that stereotype to be able to wear it. Love it. Zoe. Amazing. Um, Okay. So the, the next one was the hula hoop. So my fabulous hula hoop. And and the reason why is that really what a hula hoop is, is a plastic circle. (laughs) That is all it is. (laughs) It's a plastic ring. But the things that you can do with it and the things that it does to you, just like fire, I've passed on the hula hoop magic and confidence to many people. It spreads. It's like, it's crazy. It just keeps spreading and, you know, you end up, if there's any hula hoopers listening, they'll realize that it's like this gift that they just keep giving because 
again, it gives you confidence. Something about moving in a circle almost, I believe it activates your Kundalini. It's, you know, moving your spine and moving and your hips circles. as well as a woman, isn't it? It's so important yeah. that hip movement is so feminine and strong and empowering. Exactly. And, and you become attuned just like any skill, you know, it, your power moves through this inanimate object and then it becomes an extension of you. And then you become in this flow state, whatever you do, whether it's paintbrush to canvas, whether it's knitting, whether it's music, your this very simple plastic ring becomes an extension of the energy flow in you. Um, and I just think that's amazing that something so simple becomes so beautiful or strong and actually gives people that have no confidence at all a skill to now they can show up and, and show off, show up and show off. Mm. So important because you are entitled to show off. And I think that, that that's a massive thing as well. Um, people don't think they're allowed to show off. They're not allowed. Mm. And of course you can. There's a difference between being egotistical and wanting to, you know, sh be better than others and a difference between showing off your light and magic and, Absolutely. And, and joy and why the hell shouldn't you even if you're not the best even if you're just starting why the hell shouldn't you show up and show off i agree i agree letting your light shine and the more that you let your own light shine the, the more that you give yourself permission to let your own light shine the more it allows other people to give themselves permission to let their light shine and it's just this amazing magical energy that just lights up the whole world Exactly. But it's, it's got to start with one, isn't it? You, it's got to start yeah, with me. Exactly. And yeah. people don't realize that they are the inspiration. Just them, just having that tiny bit of boobies, not balls, <laughs> tiny <laughs> bit of boobies to just get up and go for it in public or wherever it is on, a, on social media. And the ripple effect of people that mm. go, oh, my God, she can do it. She's done it. Oh, my God, why, why can't I do it? Absolutely. Um, I love that so much. I think there's one more fabulous thing. One more fabulous thing. Um, holy festival in India, um, which is the Hindu festival in spring of love. And I got the pleasure of going when was it around seven years ago now which sounds crazy because i'm always living in india in my mind because it's just so wonderful but um the holy festival is is utterly fabulous because it is unadulterated color mess celebration um acceptance love passion um wow. tradition and it couldn't be any more fabulous if you tried, tried. And, and the funny thing is that we were in the middle of india for a holy festival we were in hampi and um they used a different type of um color so if you have if you don't know what holy festival is it is the color of festival and you've probably seen people throwing around this powder yes whether it be in england because we do it sometimes here as well or actually in india they throw the powder the water goes everywhere and and everybody is covered in color um, and it is just non-stop smiles and laughter and dancing and and amazing. But um, I think that they could only get hold of, of, of fabric dye. 
So I had pink hair for about three months. And I, it was funny because I do dye my hair pink, but yeah, I, my hair was fully dyed. My skin was dyed for at least two weeks as well. So we were covered in, in, I think, clothes dye. <laughs> I love that. And when we went to visit our friends in the north, they went to Holy that they didn't have, they weren't dyed from head to toe. Like they didn't look like a paint palette. Um, so yeah, just absolutely just reminding you that you shouldn't give a flying hoot what, who you're dancing with, who you're celebrating life with, you know, we're all here to have and find joy. Um, and remember that you can actually have and find joy with complete and utter strangers if you let yourself go and seek out these moments to find that joy. Absolutely. Oh, I love that, Zoe. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so if people wanted to work with you, how do you work with them? How do you kind of impart your lovely stuff okay. to them? What, what do you Thank do? You. Well, um, we currently have a membership. Um, so uh, a massive curriculum of things you can come and study with us and also attend our weekly meetings. Um, so that is at spiritualpathtoempowerment.com. Um, and also we do a one-to-one -one, um, service, which is called the Dragonfire Priestess Harness Your Fire. And that is more of an in-depth one-to-one mm. -one and group journey to really step into your divine feminine and dark feminine energy, claim that confidence. Um, and again, you can reach out to us at Fierce Confident Soul on Facebook and also on TikTok. Lovely. So I'll put all the links in the, the notes or whatever. And tell me a little bit about what does it all encompass? So you do a bit of sort of spiritual stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, what? we didn't really go into it. So, you know, I went to India and I trained in um, yoga and meditation. So our teachings are very much about empowerment, um, but we, we are on the spiritual side of things. So we encourage you to come to our healing sessions and, um, tap into your yogic healing and meditation um, and of course all of the life coaching and goal setting that we encourage you to do so yeah that's just a bit of what we do we do a lot a lot a lot within our curriculum of learning but that's that's what we tend to focus well, on. well I tell you if I wanted to learn more about that stuff which of course everybody wants to who who could be better than somebody who grew up in the circus and eats <laughs> fire for a living and does all these amazing things? I definitely know how to harness your fire. <laughs> Fabulous to meet you. Doo -doo 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 -doo.